create lasting change, inspire others, and make a difference. You have joined the Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Donaldson, and each week you will hear from distinguished co-hosts and guests as they share insights into impacting our culture from your neighborhood to the nations. Uh, We had such a wonderful podcast with John Johnson, the assistant superintendent of the Assemblies of God who oversees hundreds of churches, Vanguard University, and many, many other uh, programs in this region. And so we asked John to return. John, welcome back. Thanks, Dave. It's, It's a joy to be with you today. Now, John, in the last show, we talked about how we can fund this Neighborhoods to Nation strategy. In part one, we talked about how that $18 gift, part of it, can go to support the hubs, the warehouse hubs filled with home furnishing, diapers, school supplies, and how that goes to pods, points of distribution. That's hundreds of local churches that are being equipped and mobilized to help their neighbors in need. But the other half can go to helping Syrian refugees in Turkey, Lebanon, and Jordan. I really believe that if God can get it through you, he'll give it to you. And when you combine his call, his heart of compassion for the least and the lost, plus you're backing that up by giving of the resources that he has blessed you with, I mean, that's like blessing to the second power. I mean, it's a fact. If God can get it through you, he'll give it to you. He is looking to and fro for people that have his heart, that are trying to discover his heart, but at the same time, you know, are willing to really give, not out of guilt or manipulation, but they're giving out of a heart of thanksgiving. Yeah. Grant that, Lord, thank you that I've got a roof over my head, over the head of my kids, grandkids, that we've got clothing, we've got clean water. Thank you, Lord. And out of that heart of thanksgiving, I'm going to give. Yes. If God can get it through you, he'll give it to you. John, what are some of the projects uh, that we're undertaking in Turkey, Jordan, Lebanon for the Syrian refugees? Well, we are engaged in all kinds of humanitarian uh, relief efforts. Again, the Matthew 25 principle, we're practicing that. That's our way in to assist them. I was reading today in the news that because of the latest uh, battles that are going on between the Turkish-backed rebels in Syria, there are over 70,000 Syrian children. These are ISIS children that are on the run. They're on the move, running for their lives. The whole humanitarian crisis thing is already the greatest humanitarian crisis in our lifetime, but now it's growing exponentially. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're coming alongside refugee centers that are already planted in places like Jordan and in Lebanon, in Greece, and in Turkey. And we're providing them with the resources that they can use to help supply some of the relief that these folks need in the area of food, clothing, 
uh, some of those things. We even provide schooling. You know, in many of these countries, it's illegal for a refugee to go to public schools. And so we set up in our local evangelical churches, we set up a school and we provide curriculum. We provide a, a square meal for them to have, clean water, a, pay, a place for them to escape from the trauma that goes on, not only from what they experienced escaping from Syria, but you can imagine what it's like living in a crowded tent with hundreds of thousands of other people. And so it gives them a safe place to go. These are some of the things that we're engaged in. We're also involved in providing uh, Christian radio that reaches all the way into Syria and into the Muslim world. And it's marvelous what can take place. We're providing, we're built, we're providing six refugee church plants among the Arabic people. We're printing the scriptures in Farsi and Arabic and, and uh, other languages from the Middle East. We're providing training for uh, their, their adults who, for example, a single mom, we can provide her with parenting classes. Uh, we can provide her with food for her and her family for an entire month. These are just some of the kinds of things that we're doing in the countries, again, of Jordan, Turkey, Greece. When there's this big of a displacement of people, literally tens of millions of people, I believe we need to ask two questions. The first is, what is God up to and what's the enemy up to? And as you have said, the enemy is up to John 10.10, 10, to rob, steal, and kill, to destroy. And we've seen that firsthand. We've sat down there cross-legged in these refugee tents, you know, listening to their stories about their husbands killed by ISIS. And there you have these single moms and grandparents there to raise these kids that are traumatized. Many of these kids don't smile. They don't laugh. They're traumatized. And so we know what the enemy is up to. It's to rob, steal, kill. The enemy is also up to insulating the church from reaching these people with the compassion of Christ and to lead us to believe they're all terrorists and we should all stay away. Well, as you just said, 80% are women and children. They're not terrorists. They're running from terrorists yeah. that have killed their husbands, have maimed their children. They're running from terrorists. And what God is up to is that these people, many of them are from nations that have been closed to the gospel. Now they're in no man's land. They're there for us to show them the love of Christ. And the fact is that you and I have heard from experts that the number of Muslims that have accepted Jesus Christ in the past year is equivalent to the previous hundred years combined. And so this is truly one of the greatest opportunities, you call it the new exodus, the greatest opportunity in our lifetime to truly show a new brand of Christianity that's not about hate, it's not about dropping more and more bombs, it's about loving these people yeah. very tangibly. What is, why do you call it, by the way, the new exodus project? 
Well, Dave, we're all familiar with the story of the exodus of Israel out of Egyptian bondage from the Old Testament. And again, their exodus out of Nazi-occupied nations during World War II, fleeing from the atrocities and the threat of annihilation. Today, there is a new exodus taking place. People from Syria, Iran, Somalia, and other countries are fleeing modern-day pharaohs who are bent on ethnic cleansing. And they are escaping for their lives into places, as we've mentioned, like Lebanon, Jordan, Turkey, Greece, Spain, and throughout Europe. And so that's why we call it a new exodus. And it's happening. And the church must mobilize and engage because we have the answer that will resolve their problem. His name is Jesus. We have people listening, leaders of influence uh, that are listening to this podcast. As we close, what would you say to them? How can they participate? There are so many things I could share with you. Let me just let me just give you a couple of, of things. First of all, I would encourage you to pray. That's number one. That's the most. That's how we do. the the The, the greatest way we fight our battles as as on the, as the church is on our knees. Bob Pierce of World Vision said, "Ask God to help your heart to be broken by the things that break the heart of God." And help you not to become so numb to the world around us that we're no longer moved by what moves him. And so that would be the first thing that I I would say. We can all pray. The other thing is we can all get engaged by paying attention to what the needs are around us. When you see the news on television, don't turn it off. Listen to it because you've already asked the Lord to help you to be sensitive to the needs Look for needs everywhere and become aware. I would encourage you to get a copy of the book City Serve. It has all kinds of suggestions on how you can engage both in the neighborhood and in the nations. And then do an act of compassion every day. Give out a bottle of water to those on the street corner. Feed a homeless person. Volunteer at a local hospital or school or senior center. Schedule a Compassion Sunday at least once a year in your church and partner with CityServe. When it comes to getting engaged with, our, with, with Syrian refugees, there's so many ways you can do that. First, I would encourage you to come and see for yourself, up close and personal, the plight of these refugees. Get involved. And again, pray for peace in the Middle East. And one of the ways that they can serve in a tangible way, is by giving. You can give through CityServe International. And every dollar that you give will go to minister compassion to Syrian refugees in the Middle East. So those are just a few ways, Dave. There's so, so many ways. There's no reason that every Christian should not be engaged in ministering to these people who are so desperately in need. John, as I conclude today, I'm reminded of a family that fled across the Nile River into Egypt. They're fleeing from their lives. They're fleeing from a tyrant who threatened to kill newborn boys. Of course, who I'm speaking of is Joseph and Mary. 
What many may not realize is that Jesus, he grew up as a refugee. He remembered what it was like to not be welcomed, to be unloved, to be discarded. And that's why in Matthew 25, when Jesus said to his disciples, When I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. And the disciples are scratching their head, and they're saying, Jesus, we've never seen you hungry. We've never seen you as a stranger, thirsty. You've always had clothing. What are you talking about? I believe that Jesus in Matthew 25 is referring back to his time when he and his family were refugees. As you've done it to the least of these refugees, you've done it for me. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoy listening to Influencers on the Charisma Podcast Network. Join us next week for another thought-provoking episode. And remember to use your influence to move people closer to Jesus.